All right. Good morning once again. I don't know what was happening with the network there at the last moment, but what I have been talking about with the other ladies was the issue of the problems between Stalin and Trotsky and the fundamental differences in their beliefs. Right. So we were now talking about uh, the economic policies of both men and how both men um, wanted to approach the economic problems from a different perspective. Stalin, on the one hand, wanted to continue the legacy of, of Lenin. He wanted to, you know, continue with the uh, NEP for the sake of stability and continuity. He didn't want to introduce dramatic changes. Whereas uh, Trotsky was saying this was the perfect opportunity to go back to communism and, and socialism. And this could only be done by forcing the peasants to produce, not negotiating or incentivizing them. Right. So uh, Stalin looked at it very carefully and he agreed with Trotsky that peasants were the only way that the economy could be revived. But he wanted to continue incentivizing them and persuading them to produce and not forcing them. Trotsky argued that if they continued making deals with peasants, allowing them to accumulate land and property and wealth, in future, there would be a revival of the class system and a new revolution would be then required to sort out that problem. Right, so the other uh, fundamental difference between them is that Stalin believed in a policy of socialism in one country. This policy means he didn't believe that uh, the USSR was under pressure to export their revolution at that particular moment, right? He, he thought that the revolution should be allowed to play out and Russians are allowed to completely take over the economic sector and revive it before they can start doing adventures abroad. Whereas Trotsky believed that the revolution had to be cemented. It had to be what we call a permanent revolution where this revolution had to be strengthened both at home and abroad. And his concept was we need to export the Russian revolution to the rest of, of the world. Right. And, and, and Trotsky and the others and Stalin and the others were just shocked by what Trotsky was saying because they thought, I mean, if we try to export the revolution to other countries, then we risk being invaded by capitalist countries who don't want communism. You remember what Lenin had done, I think it was in 1918 or so, uh, and or 19, I've forgotten the specific date, and he had actually uh, tried to export the communist revolution to Poland, and that had not gone well. So people like Stalin favored socialism in one country. The idea of a permanent revolution was just unimaginable. Right, so we are also going to talk about problems which Stalin faced from the left and from the right. 
You see, the thing that is happening is that Stalin was rising to power. And yes, he's going to become a dictator like Lenin, and he has to eliminate opposition, right? So both from the left and also from the right, there were uh, so there was some opposition to his leadership. Remember, Stalin is a self-made ruler. His his rising of his own volition to the top. No one is placing him there, but he's making calculated moves to make him the supreme leader of Russia, right? So he had to be careful that even within his own factions, that people actually were on his side, right? So we'll start with the most obvious uh, opposition, which was coming from the left. And probably the most prominent leftist at this point was Trotsky left because Trotsky was opposing Stalin, right? And we have already dealt with the various issues where these two men differed, right? So uh, Stalin started a, a smear campaign against Trotsky, and it, it wasn't very difficult to lead this campaign because uh, Trotsky was already making mistakes of his own. His ideas seemed irrational, they seemed unrealistic. He seemed to be sabotaging uh, any attempts at economic progress. He seemed isolated and without support and desperate to assert his position in the party. Right. So it was very easy for Stalin uh, to push ahead this smear campaign and say this person is delusional. This person is spreading uh, propaganda. This person is very dangerous to the communist revolution. Right, so what Stalin did, he strengthened his own position by uh, getting the support of the other Central Committee members. The, this guy, Kamenev, Kamenev, okay, and Genovieve, okay, Genovieve, it's a Z, okay, Genovieve. Right, so these two guys, Kamenev and Genovieve, uh, because they were central committee members, sided with Stalin against against Trotsky. And when when a vote was made, uh, Stalin um, Trotsky was was outvoted, and they voted that he should be removed from the central committee because he was no longer serving his purpose. Okay, he was no longer useful to the party, right? And, you know, after Trotsky was gone from, from the Central Committee, now you have three strong guys, Kamenev, Genovieve, and Stalin. The three of them are, are ruling the Central Committee together. Now Stalin had to find a way of eliminating these two. It, it wasn't very difficult because Kamenev and Genovieve uh, also had issues with Stalin. They could see him uh, slowly becoming more and more powerful, and they disagreed uh, with him on some very uh, fundamental issues. Right. When, when, when you look at um, these two members of the Central Committee, uh, they, they, they didn't 100% agree with uh, with uh, Stalin's economic policies, okay? They, they felt that the NEP was a bit too drastic. 
and that it had to be put aside for the good of the whole, of the whole nation. Right. So that is how it played out. And uh, Stalin was able to convince the Politburo that Kamenev and Genovieve were no longer uh, supporting the ideals of the party and that they too should also be expelled like Trotsky. Right. So when, when the vote was done, um, Stalin was very strong on the right and he managed to get these two ousted or removed from the party. But strangely, these two did not just go away. They went and formed a faction. Okay. They went and formed a faction with Trotsky. Right. And now it was very easy for Stalin to say, these guys are now straight out opposition. Let us remove them from all government administration. They can no longer be members of the party and they can no longer be members of, of the government. Right. So that is how Stalin eliminated um, leftist opposition, starting with Trotsky and the other two central committee members who switched sides and joined the left. And now all of them were out. So he was now remaining as a sole uh, central committee member who also is the secretary general of the party. You see how powerful he had become. Right, but even amongst the right-wing factions, people on his side, some people spoke out about uh, Stalin's autocracy that he didn't want to listen to other people. You see, uh, Stalin was like a chameleon. He was like a chameleon. When he now had all this power, he really came to his senses and realized that begging and persuading the peasants was really not going to work. And strangely, he agreed with Trotsky that the peasants need force in order to produce because peasants had already started uh, sabotaging the the government, hoarding their grain, selling it at a, at exorbitant uh, prices, being lawless, really. And some of them had become fabulously wealthy because of um, because of uh, well, what were those organizations? Cooperatives, okay. Because of the cooperatives, the cooperatives were business deals which peasants were making where they would actually join their farms and produce on a large scale. So the peasants were now very, very wealthy at that, at that point. Right. So uh, Stalin wanted to do a 360 turnaround and basically turn harsh on, um, on peasants as it were. He wanted to just go out there and force them to produce, give them uh, government standards you know, tell them by the end of this season, we want this amount of grain. If you don't produce, we come and raid your stores. But some right-wing leaders like Bukharin uh, opposed this. And they thought, you know, why don't we continue with the policy of negotiating with peasants? If we start using force, it will lead to the same problem that has always been there. The same problems we saw with war communism, where in the end, peasants stopped producing completely. Right, Bukharin mm -hmm. was one of those leaders who had stood by Stalin during the ousting of Trotsky and, and Kamenev and Zhirinov. Right, 
Bukharin had voted to remove those leftist people. But now Stalin was turning on him. Do you see that? Stalin was now turning on his own supporters because they, they opposed him. Right. And, and, and Bukharin argued that if we, if we force the peasants to produce and take away their incentives, they would be very unhappy. How would we handle that? And Stalin would say, if we take away the land from them, we put them back on the communes and force them to have small strips of land and work on them. And everybody has set targets. But in all honesty, this was reviving a feudal type system, which was very oppressive to peasants. They would not own the land. The government would be harassing and supervising them. And Bukharin argued that in future, another land reform program would be required to fix this problem. So he condemned uh, the ideas of Stalin and he said they were, you know, they were going the other way. He was going wrong by insisting on the use of, of force. Right. So I've attached the notes for what I have been talking about. I'm sorry that our podcast didn't go well. I don't know what happened with the connection. We had been recording quite well, but the echo and the static was really too much and I felt that I couldn't be heard right so you can just receive the material that I've just prepared and I hope everything makes sense